Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And hello, it's Ayers on the Road. We are so glad that you're back with us. Or if you're just joining for the first time, welcome. We are always excited to talk about family. About marriage, about parenting, about all the things that connect to those things, which is kind of everything. <laughs> right, pretty much everything. Except, uh, in your mind, everything. Not pretty much everything. everything. Yeah, pretty much everything. Everything. I've been accused of being a guy who has a hammer in his hand and everything looks like a nail, so... Whenever someone says, how do we solve this? I'm like, well, you got to focus more on families. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no matter what it is, no matter what it is. Well, we're, we're, this is our last, uh, last week in Hawaii. We're, we're a little sad. We're heading back. We've been here for two months. We've been finishing some writing projects. We've been um, hunkering down and avoiding COVID, and we've got the, the vaccine now, and we're heading back home. Um, we're, 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 it's a mixed bag. We're excited to go back, but we're really going to miss this. I would call it a routine, but it's not a routine. That's the no. beauty of it. Well, I have been more in a routine since than I have for a long, long time. because. Oh, you've been on a physical routine. I've been in a physical yeah. routine. Uh, I've had a knee replacement this year, and wow, last year actually, a year and a half ago, and it's taken this long to be able to <laughs> walk to... You should see Linda. Oh my gosh, she's out walking and running and jogging, and you're like a physical specimen. I wouldn't say I'm running, but <laughs> jogging once in a while, and it really has been delightful to be able to do that. I know L- those Linda of you goes are... out. I gotta say, I gotta say, she goes out on this run, and she comes back with avocados or mangoes or papayas or whatever she finds along the road. Usually, usually avocados. avocados. They're so delicious. They just <laughs> fall huge. off the trees. They They're just... the size of soccer balls. Fall off. Um, on the path to the school, the kids, there's so many avocados there that the kids just pick them up every day on their way yeah, to school we walk and our, home we, from school. We walk our grandkids to school. It's just, it's kind of idyllic, Linda. It is. It's so amazing. And we're in this cute place that our son has resurrected. It was totally dead. It was so bad. We bought a shack. I there mean, it was a shack. There was a cesspool in the back. There was an old car in the back with a tree growing out of the middle of it. <laughs> there was so much junk in here. We saw we saw potential in this, but no, our, no, son, Jonah. our son created, what's the old saying? He made a silk purse out of a sow's ear. Oh, my gosh, yes. And it's so fun. It's delightful here. It's so, everything's been reclaimed. The stove is free. We have half of an old um, refrigerator freezer that works perfectly. We just absolutely are having it's a recycled. A it's a recycled, recycled shack. shack. Yeah. But you know, we're going back to something pretty wonderful, Linda. Six feet of snow in our front yard at Park City. Now, yeah. that will be a sea change. Do you think we can handle it? I guess we can. I just One of the kids just wrote this week and said they had 110 inches or something like that at snowboard in six days. But listen, here's the thing. We've been telling stories on ours on the road. We've enjoyed it. We've, we love stories, and we love stories that sort of give us ideas for our families or that stimulate an instinct in our marriage or our parenting or whatever. And, and we've, it's, the odd thing is we haven't told any Hawaii stories yet. And, and this is a, just stories. 
I was noticing today, you know, Roots Tech started today, the great uh, genealogy family history, and it's free online. We ought to all go on. We're going to spend some time there this year. But the thing we love most, our part, our little, we're not great genealogists or great researchers, but we love putting stories about ancestors on family search and, and, and digging up old stories and hearing old stories. That's telling. what makes it come to life. And then telling those stories to our grandchildren. Right. That is the most important part. Those kids need to hear those stories. And they need to draw those stories. Man, um, we had have had so much fun creating an ancestor book with our little kids. Oh, that's um, our, we, if, if we had a fire in our house, don't you think the thing we'd grab on our way out the door would probably be the ancestor storybook? Right. It is, it's <laughs> been so fun to share those with us. But the way it sticks in their mind is that we have them draw pictures of the story. And, for example, my grandmother was on a boat coming across the ocean. A huge storm came up. And blew her over the side and the man just happened to be standing there she was i think nine seven and just grabbed the back of her dress and pulled her back in wow the picture on that is hilarious well what makes it great is the way you've written it i mean our goal in this ancestor book you should see it i wish this was video we'd show it to you it's a big it's a great big leather bound uh book that we bought in england which has blank pages in it, but it's a, it's formidable. It's a formidable book, and it says ancestor stories on the front. And we have written these stories we know about our ancestors in children's language, in language that, that sounds like a, a story you're telling to a child. And I'm thinking of that one. You wrote it so beautifully about this little girl and almost falling off the ship, and she's our great, great, great so-and-so grandmother. No, she's my grandmother. Your, your grandmother. You, you wouldn't be here. They wouldn't be here. And, Nobody'd be here. You wrote it so beautifully, and then the kids illustrated it, and the the illustrations are hilarious. And that don't you think that sort of plants it in their mind? Oh, for sure. So they see it. Yeah. Now every time we talk about an ancestor, is that the grandma that fell off the ship? (laughs) (laughs) But or is that the one that did? There are so many fun stories. But wow, it is a great time to consider the stories of our ancestors wherever they were. So anyway, we've been telling stories on ours on the road for nearly six months now, stories from different phases of our lives, things we've learned from those stories. And a lot of the stories center around places. That's another thing. You, I'm sure, have certain places in your mind that are really special to you, and those things grow and change over time as time goes on. And uh, they become important. So we told England stories. We told stories from Oregon and building a log cabin one summer. We've told all these stories. But it occurred to us that here we are in Hawaii. We've never told our Hawaii stories. And, and Hawaii has become an amazing place to us. And we're going to tell you why. We didn't plan it. It just sort of happened. But, you know, it's, it's, it's so... The, re- the reason we're going to tell you some of these stories is that they're about memories. And sometimes memories are the most valuable thing we have in our, in our families. Memories last forever. In fact, remember that, that story, Linda, that we used to use a lot when we were speaking? We haven't used it for years. About the young couple, and they, they had a couple of children, and they were struggling, and they were trying to save a little money. 
They finally got a little bit of money saved, and they had to make a choice. They, they had to decide whether to use this money to build a second bathroom because they only had one bathroom in their house and it was always crowded and they really needed a second bathroom. Or to go on a little getaway on a vacation to take their kids and to make some memories. And of course the, the initial practical thought was, oh come on, we got to be practical. We got to build the bathroom, you know. But then they thought about it for a while and they realized, and we're not saying everyone should make this decision, but it, it, it illustrates a point. They realized that the memories that they could make, they hadn't gotten away, they hadn't taken their kids on any kind of a vacation for so many years. And they thought the memories we make will actually last longer than the bathroom. So they went on the trip. When you started on that story, I thought for sure you were <laughs> going to tell the story about when you came first to Hawaii and working for Pan Am Airlines and <laughs> watching all those old people come off of those stairs. In those days, it was only stairs. Yeah. Coming down those stairs with their canes and hobbling and and uh, waiting for a wheelchair and saying, hello, Madge, here we finally made it to Hawaii. Let's have some fun. Let's <laughs> have some fun. Although we have to say, it used to be really hard to get to Hawaii. Yeah, and now, it's so much well, easier. actually, no, it's not easy now because you have to, oh, yeah, you have to test for COVID and jump through a whole it bunch will be of hoops. Easy. But um, but not that expensive right now because the flights, uh, people are anxious to have people fly now. So well, well, good segue, Linda. I'll tell that story first, and we'll launch into some Hawaii stories today that have family relevance. So um, I had come home from my mission for our church, and I was um, a student at Utah State, and I was in charge of a dance, of all things. I was the chairman of this dance, and I, I remembered in New York on my mission I'd met a guy his name was Arthur Monson. I can still see him in my mind. And he was an officer. I think he was a vice president of Pan American Airlines. Now, some of you younger parents or people listening may not even what remember. What is that? Pan American was the biggest airline in the world. And anyway, I, I was trying to plan this dance. And I thought, oh, they have these big travel posters, these airlines in those days did. I'll write to Brother Monson and see if he'll send me some, some posters. So I did. And he was gracious. He sent a bunch of posters of Rio and of different exotic places. And, and he wrote a little note and said, anything else I can do for you, Elder Iyer? He was such a nice guy. And jokingly, I wrote back and said, sure, get me a job in Hawaii. Ha ha. And a week later, I got a offer for a job to work for the summer in Hawaii, in Honolulu, in the airport uh, for Pan American Airlines. So I did it, obviously and had a kind of an amazing summer. Um, we had no money. There were, uh, there, I, I lived with three other guys that I met at church. Uh, we, there was only one bedroom. That, I thought maybe that's what you thought of, one bedroom, one bathroom, and only two beds. But luckily, I worked nights. I, I worked at the airport all night long, and another guy worked nights, and the other two guys worked days. So there was someone in the beds <laughs> all the time. But it was, the, how does that tie into family? Well, I, I realized on that trip some of the beautiful things that happen to families when they do go on vacations because I would see people getting on and off the plane and, and getting, getting on the plane, they seemed more, they'd had a good time together. They were sort of relishing, they were reflecting, they were basking 
in the memories that they had made, and I started thinking that these things are worth they're they're worth they're worthwhile. Yeah, they're amazing, and we know some of you. This may sound like pie in the sky because you've been stuck. We have a lady in our building downtown. We live in a condo down there sometimes, and we have a lady who has not left the condo since last February, which I mean Oof. not meaning She's one year being so careful she's been out three times i called her one day and she said i did just come in for my third time i just saw a doctor because i pulled my meniscus and i said oh dear were you on the elliptical or something she said no i just leaned over to get something <laughs> out of the fridge <laughs> poor dear she i love her so much but she has written 10 books while she's been there so you know, kudos to she her. She writes children's books. Yeah. But everybody's had their different COVID story. Isn't it going to be interesting? In in 10 years, instead of being overwhelmed with the World War II stories, we're going to be overwhelmed with the COVID stories because so yeah. many stories have come out of these crazy times. You know, you made me think of another uh, sort of accolade to storytelling and memory making, Linda. There's a there's a, a quote. We've, we've had this as a favorite quote of ours for so many years. And it's by a fairly obscure author named Storm Jameson, a woman who was mainly a novelist. But here's what she said, and we're going to tie it into this, the, the importance of stories and making memories. Storm Jameson said, Happiness, it is an illusion to think that more comfort brings more happiness. True happiness comes of the capacity to enjoy simple to think freely, to feel deeply, to risk life, and to be needed. Those five things. I just love that. We're going to get into that. How true, do you do that? How do you keep that in your that mind? That just won't go out of my mind. Honestly. True happiness comes of the capacity to enjoy simple, to think freely, to feel deeply, to risk life, and to be needed. So with that thought, we'll be right back with more Hawaii stories. Hang on. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back talking today about Hawaii stories from here on out, but lots of stories because stories are what makes life exciting. And Linda, we got a story. Our first together story in Hawaii was <laughs> we, were <laughs> we were a struggling young married couple and we saw, you'll laugh at this because it's become kind of a joke, we saw where we could buy a timeshare. <laughs> In Honolulu for a very small for amount of money. Yeah. So we jumped on that. Oh, we'll be property owners in Hawaii. Let's buy that timeshare. And it was really, it really was cheap. Oh, well, and the first time <laughs> was so fun. I mean, I had never been to Hawaii and it was so fabulous. But there was one problem. We were kind of newlyweds. And I had not realized that... Richard can eat like a camel, I mean, like a camel drinks. I mean, he can go to a buffet breakfast and totally I fill up his body for until dinner time. 
It was and, economical. You'd go and, to those buffets in Honolulu and just eat for a couple hours, and then you didn't have to worry about it. But the that's rest of the, the way day. your body works. <laughs> oh, we had more arguments about when we should eat when we came to Hawaii. We learned because, about each other. We were we were young marrieds, and I was learning that you were happiest if you ate a little bit every couple hours. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm a grazer. I like to just eat a little tiny bit, then just have a little snack, then just eat a little tiny bit. And so we had a lot of arguments. We, I was mad at you most of the time we were there. But I, I learned from that. You know you know how you learn when you're newlyweds? <clears throat> Whenever we go You're constantly on a trip, learning. Anywhere. You're const- I'm still learning. Whenever we go on a trip, I take extra food in a bag with me because I never know when I'm going to eat again. And so um, it was really a funny So anyway, a funny so we had this timeshare. We thought we were so cool. We'd tell our friends, yeah, we own some property in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> and little did we know the game of the timeshare, like, you know, the, uh, the, the, the dues. You paid dues on the timeshare, and the dues were more than what we could rent a hotel for. They forgot to tell us about that. <laughs> So we finally got out of that timeshare, but it wasn't easy to it get out of either. It was not easy. We but, lost but, some money. But for a couple of years, we had a, a nice time. And the point is, Hawaii was becoming kind of important to us in our family. And then, then one year, a little bit later, we had several children by then. We, we decided to go to Hawaii for Christmas and to do a, a house trade. So we traded our, our house for the holidays with a family in Hawaii and... Little did we know that this house we traded for was on a street that was known in in, in Honolulu as the Christmas Street <laughs> because despite having no snow or any other thing that looked like Christmas to us, all the houses on this street <laughs> put up Christmas decorations. Well, and I mean really big Christmas well, no, decorations. This is the funny part. This is the funny part. Then there was only Kmart here in Hawaii, really. And they only had a few little Christmas decorations. But they were, you know, they were like those big gnomes and the sand. The, they were the, big the blow, up, blow up things. But it was all the same stuff. <laughs> so you drive down the street, you'd see four Santa Claus is exactly alike and then you'd see all these but it was the just the same. I don't know why we remember that but the kids had a great time and that was the that was the first Christmas we got away from the commercial nonsense and 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 made the kids make a choice do you want to have a regular old commercial Christmas or do you want to not have, get any presents and and go to Hawaii. Well, they got, each got one present, I think, for $50. I think that was the deal. Really? Yeah. I don't know. How do we it's do that? I bought, I bought oh. the presents, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you don't remember that. But anyway, they did get one thing. Uh, maybe it was $25. I don't know. But anyway, just one thing. But again, I'm coming back to that theme, the memories. Now, you know, the pictures we took that we still look at and the... The, the wonder in kids' eyes when they first swam in the ocean and just all those kind of things, which if we're not careful, we get thinking of as extravagance or, well, only rich people can do that or whatever. Nonsense. It's, if, if you value it enough and if you begin to understand the power of those memories and the power of that bonding, and most families will tell you this, when you get away with your children, and it doesn't have to be to Hawaii, for goodness sake. It can be a camping trip. It can be anything that gets you out of your comfort zone, out of your routine. Discussions and conversations and topics come up. And you, 
there's a leap forward. Yeah, no TV, just time, time to talk and so on. It really does make a huge difference. But we did, we do have so many memories. I'd forgotten so many of those in Hawaii. Yeah, it was great. And then we're just building up here because some of you may remember if you we've written about this in two or three of our books and we talked about it once on ours on the road that one summer this is a lead-in this is a diversion but it'll get back to why we had another experience in hawaii we had decided to build a log cabin we spent a whole summer two whole summers up in oregon well and we talked about this yeah we've talked about it but i'm just using it as a lead-in we build a log cabin on the same dimensions as a pioneer ancestor of ours and the whole idea was to teach the kids to to appreciate and to work and to value their pioneer heritage and so on and it was quite an experience and we've told that story in other places but here's what the link is it occurred to us one day i can't remember what brought this up but we were with a friend i think who lived in the philippines that's what it was and he was telling us about and we'd been to the philippines and we'd seen these bamboo structures called nipa huts that so many Filipinos live in and and we were learning that that the most common housing in the world if you were to somehow quantify it is people who live in bamboo structures of some kind all over certain belts of the world that's their main building material and 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 particularly people without a lot of means can actually create a, a, a build their own house out of bamboo bamboo is a remarkable material and so we somehow got it in our minds that we ought to replicate the cabin building experience that we'd had in Oregon by trying to build a NEPA hut. And again, I mean, it sounds a little oversimplified and silly, but the objectives were, one, teach our kids how a lot of people live throughout the world, how so many millions, hundreds of millions of people live and try to replicate that live in a bamboo hut that we can build with our own hands and number two the always present goal trying to teach kids to work trying to really teach them to work hard you know and appreciate the fruits of their labor so we uh we had a friend who had a big lot in uh, uh in, in on maui and he said, well, there's a lot of bamboo growing there, and you can, you're welcome to build a Nipah hut on my land. And so we did. <laughs> and that was quite an experience. Well, we didn't build the whole hut, but we had actually, we had our first newlyweds by That's then. Remember right. that? Were they married or were they just engaged? They were married they were just because they had married. just both graduated from BYU well, they and came missed on their, their graduation. To yeah, Hawaii, they right? came kind of. They'd have had honeymoon. But anyway, they, they came with us as brand new newlyweds. Our first And this poor son-in-law uh, was like, whoa, what have I married into here? <laughs> well, he weird. thought, oh, we're going to Hawaii. I'm going to Hawaii with my new wife and family. <laughs> That'll be so fun. Well, then we showed up with it. We had a big tent, and we pitched it on this big old field. And, and then we started trying to build this Nipa hut. And we were cutting down bamboo trees, and we had a rental car that we were <laughs> driving through the sugar cane and so on. And we started building this hut. And well, there were trees on the property, right, which yeah. they they needed to harvest. I can't remember. Well, there were exactly eucalyptus we trees that we used for the posts on each of the four corners. Yeah. 
and then we were getting this bamboo and splitting it and creating the the walls and the floor we were splitting the bamboo to create the floor and it was very labor intensive the kids were all doing something even the little kids were out there trying to work with this bamboo honey i don't think we made it to the walls we did get a floor we got a floor and we got a roof we thatched the roof roof. and they spent hours and hours and hours thatching this roof it was pretty funny well i remember you know explaining to these smaller children that uh you know, most people in the world don't live in a house with shingles on their roof like we do. They live in a house with uh, a roof made out of grass, a thatched roof, and here's how we do it. And we were learning how to thatch, and the kids were doing it. And, I mean, it sounds a little wacky. It was a little wacky. It was wacky, a little wacky. But we learned a lot. Yeah, we well, obviously we learned a lot. And then you, you might know, you know, knowing the weather in Hawaii and so on, uh, we went back the next year and blown away. Oh yeah, we we did. We it went just the two of us went thing. back yep. the next year and we couldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> All that work was gone. It was blown away. But we away. have great pictures of those kids working on that floor. The best part of bamboo floors is that they don't go all the way together, and so you can just sweep the dirt down through right, the cracks. Right, that right. was my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a deck that has little cracks. You can just sweep it, and all the right. all the stuff goes away. But remember how 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 many good discussions we had. You're sitting there, you're working. You're, I say sitting because kids were splitting the bamboo and trying to get it ready and so on. And and you're talking, and people ask questions. Well, you know, where do they have, live in houses like this? Why is it called a Nipah hut? And we we just had all kinds of great... mind-expanding discussions. And I think all the kids look back on that as a great memory. Um, they really did love Probably, it. Probably they look on it as a better memory than we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to figure, Linda was trying to figure, well, how are we going to get food up here? How We ended up naming this field we were in Rainbow Ridge because there were so many rainbows. And uh, Yeah, and we didn't it, really live there. You you have to It was admit. a struggle. Well, with this friend we had a house there. We close just, by that we, we just stayed made in. It. Yeah. Maybe it was it the next year when I came back to do some riding that I brought that big tent? Yeah, I don't. Oh, yes, That's you did. That's what it was. I'm like, no, we did not I went, live in I tent. came back to write a book, and I thought I'd live in the Nipa hut. That shows you how old we are. Because they hadn't had. blown over. It must have been two years yeah, before I it actually blew over. Yeah, I think it was there for a couple over. years, yeah. Oh, boy. But anyway, is one thing that might be coming through here on ours on the road that nothing works out exactly as you planned it. But if you try, if you're always trying to make memories and you're trying to teach things, and sometimes doesn't it feel with children like you're just spinning your wheels, they're not, they're not learning what you're trying to teach them, and it's going a little wacky and it's crazy. But you never, when you're trying to do something with your children, as frustrating and crazy as it might seem at the moment, you're never wasting your time because that's building up within them and the, the, the ties that bind are growing stronger even through the rough times. Yeah, I think even though there's so many hard things have happened during this year of COVID so far, um, we are on, hopefully, we're seeing the light of the end of the tunnel, the numbers are going down, uh, people are getting vaccinated. And so it is going to end at some point. But when you look back on these years, wow, we've learned a lot. 
We've learned a lot. Even from this, that's right. And that's where I was going to go with the Hawaii thing, too, Linda, is that these things continue on. It turned out that two of our children came to Hawaii for their first year of college. Our, our son, Noah, was was a recruited high school All-American basketball player, and he, he, uh, he wasn't quite as tall as his older brother, who ended up going to BYU and had scholarship offers all over the country. But Noah came to BYU Hawaii to play basketball and that's why he was here and this is where he met his wife our beloved Christy oh my gosh they so, were so that this was what meant would to we be do without her and then our, oh. and our other son Eli came for a year to, to BYU Hawaii before his mission and, and, and the now, Hawaii thing keeps going and now as you probably remember they came back they came here on they're in Hawaii that's our second family that's living here right now but they came here last February they escaped New York City just before COVID exploded and then they were on their way to Japan and they're still here they've they been, they they've been waylaid <laughs> COVID waylaid for but a they year love and, it here but they're loving it and so, he's able to do his work from here and the bottom line is there are certain places that become wonderful milestones within your family. That's what ours did. That's how Hawaii is one of our places. So think about your own stories. And we know that you have a lot of them as well. And put them to use in your life and with Turn your Turn them into memories. And we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye.